Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broken the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. This podcast is made possible by the Promethean Project, a nonprofit wellness center creating a one stop shop for mental, physical, holistic health and wellness. For every $100 raised, the Promethean Project is able to help one person in need through different programming, such as the Ryan Odeon Leadership Initiative, the Jared Koslick Mentorship Program or the Strengthening Healthy Families program. Please visit the Promethean Project.org backslash donate to help us make a difference. Welcome to episode nine. We have an amazing episode for you today. Our guest today is a well-known calisthenics author, uh, instructor, and just all-around great guy. He's written the books, Everybody Needs Training, Diamond Cut Abs, and Strength Rules. We'll get into that a little bit on the podcast. And has co-written three books with his brother, Al, Street Workout, Get Strong, and the newest book, Next Level Strength, which is a great read all about rings and parallettes. He is a PCC, Progressive Calisthenics Master Instructor. He writes for Bodybuilding.com and Train Magazine. And he has several blogs uh, on Dragondor.com. One of the ones we've referenced is called Take Hold of the Flame, in which we get into detail about how motivation is a farce and dedication, discipline, and determination are really the qualities we're looking at over motivation. You can check him out on dannythetrainer.com. That's his website. And he has uh, several videos on YouTube called Dan's Rants and recently was able to participate in an open forum called Idea World, I believe out in California, uh, which we talk a little bit about at the end of the podcast, but hopefully we'll hear more about it in the future. Our guest of honor today you may have guessed it from some of the, the names that I had thrown out there, his website and Dan's rants is none other than Danny Cavallo, an awesome, amazing guy. Uh, it was great to touch base with him. I had the pleasure to meet with Danny in New York for progressive calisthenics certification about two to three years ago, and the exp- experience just blew my mind. So much knowledge, so much connection, and just so much awesomeness. So much of so much stuff. Uh, we get a little in depth with Danny uh, in the podcast. We talk about his past. We talk about traveling. We talk about the current states of the world today, and we talk about you know fitness, calisthenics, and mental toughness. The name of the podcast is aggressively empathetic. 
And I think this really details who Danny is. Um, besides being a great guy, Danny is a very empathetic person, but in a way that holds people accountable and has very strong boundaries with his empathy. I believe that his approach to things, holding people accountable, but also being there for people is the way to navigate life. And I think it's important that people who are empaths or are empathetic have a balance to that and have the right dose of aggressiveness as well. So without further ado. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome, listeners. Uh, on this episode, we have Danny Cavadlo. Danny, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm very, very, very happy to be here talking with you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to talk to you. Uh, just who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Danny Cavadlo. I'm a personal trainer in New York City. I also teach a lot about body weight training, body weight strength training, calisthenics progressive calisthenics and I'm lucky enough these last I don't know shoot 10 years or so to just have really been able to connect with a lot of different people and help them with where they're with with wherever they are at personally and their fitness goals and uh, just try to help everybody get a little better and in turn help myself get a little better you know <laughs> hopefully sometimes right. no that's amazing I um I think we can learn so much from the people we meet. Um, as you know, I'm a mental health counselor, and I, and I tell the people I work with pretty upfront that we're going to be working on some skill building. I'm going to teach you some skill building. We're going to be talking about issues and, and coping skills, but I'm also going to be learning from you. And I think that's a significant thing to be open about with people is that any interaction you have, you can learn from um, no a lot of this higher. stuff. Yeah, it's a two-way street a lot of the time. You know, when there's an exchange between any people, whether it's information passing or knowledge passing or experiences passing or being exchanged, there's always a give and a take to, to some degree, I feel. And that's why that, that human interaction, that human experience, like talk about, okay, we just started talking, personal training or, or mental health counselor, what you do or what I do, although they're different things, they very much involve being physically and personally present with the person who you're with. Right. And, you know, that's that's where that exchange takes place or hopefully where it takes place. <laughs> right. Depending on what level you are at one of the one of those uh, jobs. But I think sure. I think what you're saying is, is uh, so pertinent because I think we can get caught on labels a lot and on accomplishments. I think there's a lot of times I have people come in and they look at me and they're talking, they're like, Oh, okay. So you have the degree to do this. You're licensed to do this. I'm just going to sit back and let you tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And I have to be really upfront and say, this is not that kind of relationship. My job is not to tell you what to do. My job is to work with you to get you to your best place so you can do it on your own. Wow. That's really, really true with what you do and what I do and, and with so many things. I think that's a big misconception, you know, is like, 
you're, you're not exactly in, in the service industry. You can't do something for somebody else. No one can do something for somebody else. If someone, I mean, this is why people, I, I, I don't know what extent uh, you do or the clientele that you work with per right. se generally, but I mean, look, I'm a New York Jew. I'm a student of therapy. I've been in and out of therapy since I was 17 years old. Right. And I've had who I thought were good therapists or who I thought were bad therapists, or maybe they weren't good or maybe they weren't bad. There were some that maybe were right for me. But any time that I've been in therapy for, I mean, I've been, I've never talked about this on any podcast. We're getting right into this now. But well, I, been, I appreciate you being open, man. 2015, man. And, you know, I think part of the reason we're able to make progress is because some days, hopefully more days than others, but some days I'm able to go in there and I'm more open to the exchange or open to it. And if I'm not open to it or I'm not willing to do the work, nothing is going to happen at all. And that's especially true. I'll bring it back to the gym and I'll bring it back to working out because there's no place where it's more true than that. Like people think they can hire a personal trainer. Oh, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a bridesmaid in Becky's wedding next six months from now, and I want to look really nice in that strapless dress. I'm going to hire a personal trainer. Well, that's great. You could hire a personal trainer, but you still got to do those exercises. Right. You still got to do those pull downs. You still got to do those pull ups. You still got to do the things that they tell you to do. You still got to do the things that they tell you to do, even on the days where you're not meeting with them. So really, like. Like whenever I work with a client, a one-on-one personal training client, and they tell me, like, oh, Danny, that was great, oh, blah, blah, and they're very pleased with, with the session or the experience, I always remind them. I'm like, you did everything. I stood here, and I pointed at stuff, and I said, yeah, all right, do it again. But, but you actually did the work. I, I guided you, but you did it. You know? So that, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think um, so, so my clients range from – ages four to 87 and yeah. um, I do see a lot of adolescents and, and this is a very important topic that comes to parents who bring their kids in a lot of times they identify hey look something's going on with my kid they need to be here and I just get this stoic face from the kid who you can tell doesn't want to be there at all yeah. and so sometimes it works by talking to the kid and, and being open and saying look I'm interested in what your parents think you should be here for, but I'm more interested on what we can do together, whether that's exercise, whether it's applying for a job, doing job interviews, whether it's just coming in and saying, hey, man, I had a shitty day. Let's play some chess. Yeah. I'm open for all of that. Um, but to get but that's, to... That's, that's like a big part of like kid therapy, though. Right. It's like, right? like, okay, you decide if we're going to play chess or if we're going to play with Wolverine action figures. You decide yeah. what we're doing. And then they can get in a place where... It's like, okay, all this weird shit out of my control isn't the only thing that happens in my world. I right. could say, all right, let's play with this or let's play with that. And, and that in itself, you know, people have these fucking misconceptions about, about everything, right? About yeah. therapy, about working out, about enlightenment, about love, about everything that somehow you get hit on the head with this sledgehammer. And now, oh, <laughs> my childhood makes sense to me now. Right. No, it doesn't. I've been in therapy on it for over 20 years. Right. And and sometimes it makes sense. And I love when I have those moments where it's like, wow, this was a good sesh. Oh, man, that's what. And then, poof, sometimes it's gone. And that's, right. that's the practice. That's the practice of doing anything um, is is you you show up and you do it. And sometimes it's a great session. 
and sometimes nothing happens right. and you yeah. show up and you do it anyway. And over time, little things happen. I think. I think that's one of the coolest things about meditation as well is everyone thinks you have to sit down and be a Zen monk and meditate for hours on end in, in Lotus. And I think they, they fail to see is that sometimes you have a great meditation and sometimes it's just awful. And you sit yeah. there for five minutes and you do what you can. And then yeah. you say, okay, today sucked, but tomorrow's a new day and I'll hit it again tomorrow. You had mentioned that you had a guest recently when we were chatting before uh, before the podcast yeah. uh, who had a, a book, Namaste Motherfucker, what a great name that is. And, you know, just like, but that that is, that is, I, I read a book, I can't remember the gentleman's name who wrote it, but it was uh, like a modern day book about Zen practice. It was called Sit Down and Shut Up. Right. And, it was, and that, that's what it is. You want it, You want to meditate? Sit down and shut up. You know, because that is, you're sitting in the wall. People read yeah. too much western take on what they think this stuff is and they think oh and i became enlightened nah, no one became anything you sit at the wall you shut up you look at it right you let your thoughts come you let your thoughts go and you do that practice every day that's it you know? <laughs> man you mentioned a uh, wolverine action figures i actually do have some in my office so it's it's pretty funny that you you keep right oh, into I, that. I can't see them <laughs> <laughs> um so i'll share with you something that I talk to my clients about, about meditation and mindfulness a lot, but I, I've never really put it out here or with other people. When I was younger, I had an instep. So my, my left foot turned in because uh, something wrong, was wrong with my hips. I fell downstairs when I was one. Um, and it took me a really long time to be mindful of how I was stepping to kind of correct how my, my feet, um, my foot placement as I walked. And through that practice, I became really aware of how other people walk and how their feet line up with their knees. And sometimes if I'm in a city and I want to practice mindfulness, it's just paying attention to that for me and noticing and being there and being present and watching how people's feet track with their knees. And I tell people in session that it's a, it can be as simple as that or going and people watching. That could be mindfulness and meditative as well. You should see how cautiously they leave my room after I tell them that story because they want, they're like, oh no, Steve's going to look at how my feet are tracking with my knee. I have to make right. sure it's you will stuff. judge me. <laughs> but it, no, but it's true. You, you, you did these little things. Look at these things. There's a saying, I don't know who said it, but uh, you want to be a monk, you got to make a lot of rice. You, know? <laughs> you just sit down and you just do the stuff. Right. And look at the stuff and repeat the process. Not that I'm trying to be a monk. Far from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been told. I mean, you were just in China, so we can't. We can't. I was. I was just in China, and I'll tell you, this this was one of the best experiences I ever had in my life. Now, teaching the Progressive Calisthenic Certification, and just in case anyone listening is not familiar with it, you've been to a Progressive Calisthenic. I have. Certification. It's amazing. You are. It's it's weekend full of calisthenics and it's basically everything for the people listening from your basic fundamental moves your squat progressions and basic push-ups and pull-ups all the way up to some more advanced and even esoteric exercises human flag and elbow levers and one-arm push-ups etc etc and just a lot about the the practice and the programming and principles progression and for me, my favorite thing about it is just, just meeting people. That's why you're someone I've known on social media right. for several years, but I met you there. At the one you were at, uh, 
there were a lot of people there. Martin was at that one. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's going to come on a, in, a, in a later. Oh episode, yeah, he's so. a great guy, man. So so just it's man. always cool to just connect with and 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 keep these. I mean, so many people at that. That was actually a great one. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that was a really good, good, good workshop. So. We've done this since 2013, so in our sixth, almost seventh year. And in the last couple of years, it got really hot in China, like the PCC. So between Beijing, Shanghai, and Taiwan, this was actually my seventh trip to that neck of the woods in the last maybe two and a half years. Now, usually PCC is instructed by me and my brother, Al Cabadlo. However... We're both grown-ups. We both have kids. We both have stuff. We both work. I wish I could get by just doing five or six PCCs a year, but right. no, I have to work too. Um, so we can't always do all of them. Somehow, I wound up with the Chinas. So this is my seventh trip over there in two and a half years, and I've never had a day off. So right. typically, my schedule is I'll fly in the day before because it takes a day and then it's 12 hours late when you get there. So I leave Thursday. I get there Friday. I work Saturday all day. I work Sunday all day. I get on the plane Sunday night. And then miraculously, I'm back in New York Sunday night. So <laughs> and that's how it goes. It's time travel. 30 hours of travel, 30 hours of work, and I'm home. Um, but this time, I was like, you know what? It's the seventh time, and I, I got to see something more than just this amazing gym and these amazing people. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Great Wall of China. I stayed one extra day and I went That's to the awesome. Great Wall of China. And it was really like, you know, one of those things where you just get a feeling for how ancient and old and how many feet and hands and lives have been on this thing. But the magnitude of it really, I, I, there's so many things about it I didn't know. Like the Great Wall of China, it's gigantic and it's really high. But it's really high. Like, it's on top of a mountain range. Right. I did not know that. <laughs> like, so to get there, you know, you've got to take a bus. And you take this bus. And the bus starts driving up the mountain. And eventually, it's too steep. The bus can't drive anymore. Right. You get off the bus. And they have, like, a gondola, like a ski lift. And you get on this gondola. and just go straight up to the top of the mountain. And then you could enter the wall and climb the wall and go on top. And it's like, over here in the States, we're... A very, uh, I always pronounce this word wrong. We're a very litigious place. You know, everything yeah. is like safe and, you know, uh, Disney technology and, you know, like right, yeah. acid technology. Those gondolas in China was fucking terrified, man. It's like this rickety thing. Uh, but it really was amazing. You're up there. The day we were there, it was 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, the altitude was high. I was just pouring sweat. We were walking this wall. And, you know, there's just all these little things on it. These rooms where, like, generals lived, like, 500 years ago. So and it's just, it's, so, it's just so crazy. So I, I was really happy to get to, to see something. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I, I'm glad you got to do that because I took the trip to Taiwan. My brother lived in Taiwan for six, seven years doing martial arts, wow. uh, singing, tai chi, qigong, all that, all that stuff. And I got the chance to go for about a week and a half to Taipei with my brother and I spent a lot of time in the city. And then a couple of days we got to go out to the mountains and got to hike the mountains. And you're right. That, that bus ride, it's, <laughs> it's something else, right? Cause it, the roads are so small. You're on a cliff face. They just go fast. Oh my God. Well, that was driving that bus drives up and down a hundred times a day. Right. So he knows those curves. I had the same thing. I'm like, what the 
fuck? This guy's <laughs> flying down this mountain. What the hell? I know. I, I was scared. And then you I was honestly scared. And then you, you're like, yeah, I can't come out when I've done it. But the stairs are literally straight up. Sometimes you have to put your hand on the stair just like you're climbing a ladder. It and was we, really weird. On the Great Wall, it was like that, too. Like, there were some stairs that, like, from one step to another step was, like, 24 inches. Like, just these right. giant stairs. <laughs> Nuts. And we got to – we didn't get to go to the Great Wall because we were in Taiwan, but we got to right. – go to a, a Taoist temple and a, a Buddhist temple at the top of the mountain. And it was wow. like being in a martial arts movie, just like the way the clouds over the trees and all you could see. It was for me, who's grown up on martial arts movies um, uh-huh. forever because of my brother. Um, it was, it was like being in one and, and kind of finding a center in, in that it was, it was some other level that it's hard to really actually put words to. It really is. I mean, this world is so big and so vast and so old and there's so much. And even, you know, technology and, you know, travel and the Internet and whatever, Airbnb and Expedia, whatever the hell (laughs) has made the world a lot smaller. It's still a gigantic, beautiful world. And that's something I, I feel like I, I get a lot in New York. Like I'm a native New Yorker. So a lot of people that I've known for a good portion of my life are also native New Yorkers. Now, New York's the type of city where people move here from everywhere, 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 every country in the world, people move to New York. Um, But the funny thing about native New Yorkers is a lot of them, I'm gonna get into this, but a lot of them are very, very, in a way, like very small town minded people. It's like, okay, I live on 23rd Street. I work on 26th Street. I wash my clothes on 21st Street. I like to hang out at the bar on 20th Street. It's like, okay, the most metropolitan area, one of the most metropolitan areas of the world, but right. it's a dot on a fucking map. You know, and like, oh, yeah, you're definitely. not leaving this one mile radius. Yes, it's New York. Yeah, you could get great Ethiopian food at midnight, and that is amazing. And you listen to great music and, and do so many wonderful things and theater and museums and history and culture. But still, right. it's just a spot on a map. You know, there's other cities that have history and culture, too. In fact, there's other cities that have much more history and much more exactly. culture. So it's just it's good to see the world. It really is. Now, it's amazing to go in those, those places where everything is just so old. Right. Oh, you, you, like you there's nothing here that's that old. Right. You, I mean, we lived in, when I was younger, my dad was uh, in the Air Force, and we lived in many different places, and we lived in England, and one of my fondest memories was every weekend we'd go out to a new castle, and it's mm-hmm. just crazy to be in a place that's so ancient in the yeah. middle of modern times, and, and yeah. to see that juxtaposition is always amazing to me. I remember the first time I was in Ireland, we drove by a castle. I was like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's a friggin' castle, like straight up. Like it's centuries old. It's a castle. Like, like yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, even, even in America, right? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky because I, I used to play music. I mean, I, I still play music for the hell of it, but right. I used to play music like, like full time. So I would, I would be uh, playing with people in bands and, and we would go to and we would play, you know, we were doing it on a very low level. So it would be like whatever, we'd have a van or whatever. But we would travel. I must have driven cross country at, at least 10 times, at, at least probably more like 20 times. Right. And you really, even America, like there, there's so much beauty in this country. There's so much out west, these red rock arches in Utah and these, these, these mountains uh, in Colorado and the Grand Canyon and right, and. Yeah. and 
Like, I mean, it's, it's like you could cry thinking about how much, how much beauty there is in the world. And, and, and right, this stuff is big and this stuff is old and, it, you know, it puts things in perspective too. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get political for a second, but right. I will say this. I didn't hear one thing when I was in China about so much of the nonsense we hear about on a daily basis today. And when I got off the plane at Newark Airport and I came back and I was waiting on that custom line, they got the TV, 15 fucking TVs blasting. Right. And it's AOC and Donald Trump and this person and that person and this person's mad at them and that person's mad at them. And this per- and it's like, I, I, I'm a centrist, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm a nonpartisan motherfucker. And I'm just looking at this as just, as just chaos. It's just this, this is what... Is be I, I was just I was just in some place where no one gave a shit about this shit, right. and not not to say that that current events and politics aren't important, but we let them be a little more important than they actually are because we like to freak out and be outraged about things. Right. Um. So it's just it's just good to respect the age and the history and and not ah, scream the loudest in this tiny moment in time that we're living in. Yeah, I think um, we're just bombarded with with nonsense that stuff makes the news too much i think some of the bigger stuff is definitely important to know and be informed but we just get hit with it all the time when i go to my phone in between sessions the news comes up and i don't even know what they're talking about just because the irony articles on the same we'd be we'd be more informed with less news right because everything is something happens and there's a hundred i'm saying a hundred it's more like ten thousand sources reporting on it before they have all the information like i'm going to tie this back into fitness now because i don't want to get too far but (laughs) it's become a point where anyone can say anything and there does not have to be anything to back it up because anything can be skewed to say to say anything like like you you could you finagle anything to kind of be true-ish. There's enough numbers right. and enough statistics and enough whatever out there. And and everybody, I, I think we're definitely in a, a conflict-mongering time culturally right now on all sides. And I'm equally critical of everybody on this one. Um, and and it's, it's, it's fucking weird, man. People need to, like, listen to a song and smell a flower and, like, look at a painting or something and, like, <laughs> stop being mad. Because we all have more in common than we have apart. And I think no matter what people think, most of us want good for humanity. We, we right. really do. Yeah. But uh, and then when it comes to the gym, you got so many articles online, you know, written by so-called. There was a great post by uh, by uh, do, you, do you watch Ross? Do you follow Ross? Yeah. Ross yeah, yeah. Also, whatever. He had this post of him on like Instagram or some shit. And it was just him doing pistol squats. It was like an old video. And it was something like, like I was doing minimal equipment workouts when internet gurus were still drinking from sippy cups. Right. And it's true. Like we, 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 have, we have a world where anyone can be an authority on anything. And it's like if you make a nice looking website or know how to market it to get a lot of following, you can say anything and, and oh, well, such and such, that must be true. So like the amount of misinformation out there in, in fitness and in everything else it is so wild. Like, I think we'd be better off if we had less news. We should all fucking trash our phones and, like, 
only stuff that's been researched for more than 30 seconds. Right. Like, you know? I joke around <laughs> with my wife that uh, if I ever had a midlife crisis, she wouldn't have to worry about cars or, or women or anything. I'm just going to pack a bag and go on the Appalachian Trail and just like, yeah, hit man. that. Yeah, man. I, I, I hear it. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very strange world. It's a very strange world. And and, and that, that makes all the stuff that we're talking about that much more important. Like like people are so categorizing everything and labeling everything and getting fired up about everything and things that don't don't even mean anything. It's like keep things simple, you know, get get get, get to the root of the things that matter and 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 try not to fly off the handle all the time on <laughs> travel if you can. Yeah, I, think, I know it's expensive, but you know. I think traveling is probably one of the the coolest things you could do for yourself. Open yourself up to the state of traveling, but other cultures, you're gonna get so much reward out of that. And would if you got a bigger TV or you know a new yeah. car. It's much more. My wife and I took my daughter, and we went to Portugal a couple of years ago. Oh, um, no. How old's your daughter? Uh, she's four. Oh she's, man, Funny she's age. awesome. Yeah. She's really big into Darth Vader, so I'm super proud of her. Um, All right. <laughs> but we went to Portugal, and it was it, it was amazing just to be at that level of being uncomfortable where I didn't know the language, but I could communicate, I could get around, but it made me uncomfortable, and it made me grow from that experience and challenge some of my conceptions about it. You know, it really, being being out of your comfort zone makes you stronger. I mean, this is this is a fact. That's what strength right. training yeah. is, right? Yeah. You work harder than there used to be worked, and they get beat up, and they get broken down, and then with ample uh, recovery and nutrition and care, they come back bigger and stronger. Putting yourself in discomfort makes you better. It does. No, yeah, so you're talking about traveling. The first time I ever left the country, so I come from a family of people that do not like to travel. They do not. Well, my parents do not like to travel. And they you do and not Al are like always gone. So me and Al are is... always gone. Al doesn't like to travel either, but what about it? <laughs> but I won't speak for him. I'll only speak for me. I love to travel. When I was 19 years old, I saw an ad in the Village Voice newspaper, which was still a newspaper, which was still the Village Voice, and it said, Punk Brand needs drummer for European tour. It was June. It was actually, no, it was probably May 1994. I was 19. And I called them up. I'm like, hey, I'm a drummer. And they said, come down tonight and audition. I came down tonight and audition. They said, okay, we're playing Friday at Continental. Don't look for it. It's gone. But we played the <laughs> Continental, and I played with them. And they said, okay, we're going to Frankfurt in two weeks. We got you a ticket. You got to get a passport. I went to the passport, got it expedited, blah, 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 blah. Two weeks later, here I am, Frankfurt, Germany, playing in this band with these people I never met before, never been out of the country before, speak anything. Um, just was just that's the first time I left the country. That's twenty something years ago, and I was so uncomfortable. And plus, it was so low budget. I mean, we were a punk right. band. We we're sleeping in squats, like we were <laughs> like the basement of the clubs we were playing. But it was it was made me so much better, and it made me so much stronger. And then I remember uh, when my son was, I guess he was about six or seven, and I was still with his mother at the time. Me and him and his mother, uh, we took a trip to Japan. We went to Tokyo, Kamakura, Osaka. Oh man, I want And to now I was Osaka. already like, I'm big dog. I've been to Europe and Mexico. 
No, you go to these Asian places and you're a fucking six foot fucking guala with a cowboy hat covered in tattoos. Not only do you not know what the hell is going on, but everyone's looking at you like you're the freak that you are. And you asked for it, to be fair. Um, And I I just remember like trying it because the the Tokyo Naratu airport is like two hours from like Tokyo. And I just remember we got off this flight. I got this kid with me. I got this lady with me. I'm carrying all this stuff, like everybody's crap, and I'm like, holy shit, we got to get two hours to the city now, and how the hell are we going to, then we figured it out, and, we, and it's okay, but it's the same thing like driver cross country with no money, it's like you put yourself in these places, and you're better, I can, I'll tell you, I'll go anywhere right now, I don't give a shit, I'll go anywhere, I, don't, I won't know the language, I won't know the currency, you know what, I know people, and I'm going to be okay, Right. and yeah. only from being in that uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and I think that... You, you know, you have a great article. I mentioned it when we were talking before, but take hold of the flame where you talk about dedication, discipline and determination really are the factors that we're looking for over motive, motivation, I think. Yeah, motivation. Um, yeah. And I think I think that's really those three things that you mentioned, the, the three D's, we'll call them. Uh-huh. Um, they are so much stronger than the sort of motivation and we you, we hear it all the time, right? If I was we motivated, do. and I always tell people in session, whether I'm training them, whether uh, we're talking about nutrition, whether we're doing mental health stuff, we do all of it here. But depending on where we're at, motivation is not fairy dust. You can't just sprinkle it on you and like, yeah. oh, cool, I'm good to go. And no one is always motivated. No you can be one. dedicated, disciplined, and have determination, but just doing that you thing can't, you have to do it when you're not motivated right it's what i said in the article so the whole thing was basically basically based on like and i look i realized the irony of having a podcast with you on the internet using skype <laughs> and me talking about the internet as well right, so yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. just gonna call out that i understand the irony hey, we, but what we happened own is, our misgivings. <laughs> yeah I, I get it but, but but this this hashtag flex friday hashtag fit family hashtag motivation monday look what i did look what it's like People, the, the the people who are in shape, and whether they'll admit it or not, these Instagram influencers and whatever, the ones who are really in shape, they work out when they're not motivated. Right. Trust me. So when we want to fucking uh, 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 perpetrate this 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 myth of get motivated and get in shape, it's it's kind of bullshit because you can't get in shape unless you do it when you're not motivated. Right. Any fool could work out when they're motivated. Like, <laughs> duh, yeah, I feel like working out. Duh, it's easy. You, you're going to affect change if you do those days when you don't want to do it. And that, that's the only way that it works. So that, that was kind of my, my point with that is like, you know, you're looking for motivation, this motivation, that. Look, I'm happy with anything that inspires anybody. If, if hashtag motivation Monday gets someone to do 50 push-ups Monday morning, then, then that makes me happy. But I think that sometimes when people see Motivation Monday or any of these other things and they comment it, yeah, I'm going to do back and buys today, that, that kind of scratches the itch. <laughs> you know? And then, right. and then they, they don't do it. So, so the whole thing about that is, yeah, discipline. You, you do it anyway. Determination. Right. You do it because it's important. Dedication. You continue to do it even when you have self-doubt, even at those times, because you've made a commitment and you know what, I'm dedicated to this. Like you're a father. Yeah. Have you ever run to, to Walgreens at midnight to get diapers? Yeah. You know, yeah. you didn't do that because you were motivated to do it. You did yeah. it because you're dedicated to your family and there was no choice. You had to do it. Right. 
it was absolutely not motivation that made you do that. You know? It, yeah. It, and, and that's the thing. You can't just do shit when you're motivated. I think it's the only way you get motivation is by deciding, committing to a, a decision, right? Yeah. And then that's a byproduct of doing it. But really the decision and making that, that choice is really the powerful part of it. Like you it said. is. It is. It's, 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 it's making the executive decision to do it. We all have choices. We all have choices all day. Everybody says, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I say bullshit. Everyone has time for the things that they choose to make time for. You can't necessarily do everything that you want in the same day. Of course not. Duh. But the things that you choose to prioritize are the things that you choose to prioritize, right. you know? Like, if you watch two hours of TV a day and an hour of internet videos a day, which is not even much, no, yeah. then you can't tell me you don't have time to work out. You know, like, like, like the, the, the numbers don't add up. You're saying, not that you don't have time to work out, you're saying, well, I have the time I have and I'm choosing to watch this show instead of working out. And that's cool. That's legit. Right. But but that's a choice you made, and, and you can yeah. own it, and that's very fine. Not everybody has to choose to work out. Like, I'm not, like, people should yeah. do the fucking shit they want to do. I think but, it's about but owning that decision, like you said. It's Own like, the decision. Oh, no, we're not going to work out today, and that's fine, because I'd rather sit here. Yeah. Watch good Omen. I have days like that. like that. Yeah, I have days like that. I, yeah. I, I try to front load my weeks, like my workout and my, my overall fitness. So, like, mm -hmm. Monday, I had to work out really, really, really hard on Monday. Mm -hmm. And eat really, really, really healthy on Monday and not get drunk on Monday and like hit it really, really hard on Monday. And then Tuesday is usually slightly less. And by the time I get to the weekend, it's like, all right, did like three great workouts, one decent workout and one crappy workout. Okay. I worked out five days this week. I ate really good. Like, and that's what I try to front load like that. Um, and I try to do that in the day. I try to get my workout in as early in the day as possible because I'm not motivated. <laughs> so it's right, like, yeah. okay, if I could do it at seven in the morning, that's going to be a lot easier for me than doing it at three in the afternoon or seven in the evening for that right. matter. Exactly. I think, um, and to bring it back to, you know, exercise and, and PCC, um, that, so being uncomfortable, that experience for me was amazing but also really uncomfortable because I, here I was in New York, yeah. which I've been to a couple of times, uh, but never like super confident by myself. I was staying in like a hostel in Queens. And so I took, oh, you were? That sucks. I, took, <laughs> I took the mile walk across the bridge to get to Crunch to, to see uh, you. And I loved that walk. That walk was amazing. That's a beautiful bridge. Yeah. And, um, and then I show up and we go around the room and we talk about it. And, and I'm like, man, all these people are in this industry and I'm over here lucky enough to win a competition to come see you guys, <laughs> right? A, a 50 push of competition. Uh, and I have a passion for this and I love it, but it's not my job. It's what I want to do with mental health and make that mind body connection, which we're doing now. Uh, but instantly I, I told Grace when she was on here instantly, it was gone after the introductions. Yeah. That's the only time I felt that. And then instantly it was just, brothers and sisters in arms. That's really this, good so. to hear, man. That's what we're really, you know, I mean, so many people have said similar things like that to me because that, that's the thing that people don't expect. 
Right. People expect to learn a lot of shit about calisthenics. People expect to, to, to maybe even do some shit they haven't done before. Uh, but, but, but people don't really realize the, the, the power of, of connecting with a room of, of like-minded people, you know? Uh, we are so in street workout, calisthenics, bodyweight training thing, and you as a martial artist. And, 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 but in the realm of mainstream fitness... This is just starting to leave. Okay, men's health is just starting to write about this stuff a little bit more. CrossFit has been huge, the CrossFit games, all that right. stuff. But really, mainstream fitness, people are not even picturing this. So a lot of the people that come to the Progressive Calisthenics Certification are you go to gyms, and it's like, okay, I'm the only fool doing a human flag on this cable car <laughs> right, right. machine. Okay, everyone's looking at me like I'm a maniac because I'm trying to muscle up on the squat rack, you know? So right. it's like, and then, you know, you connect with what I call the freaks and geeks of fitness, you know? And it's, it's, it's always a, a real fun ride. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment, as long as we're talking about the PCC, sure. and I'm going to plug the PCC for a moment mm -hmm. because we do have a couple more up. Uh, the next one, I don't have the date actually in front of me, but it's in October um, in New York. And that, that's going to be the next East Coast one. So that's the only one I'm going to plug for right now. Nice. It's October, New York City, because uh, the rest of them are going to be out of town and stuff. Um, but, yeah, if anyone's curious, check it out. Go to dragondoor.com, go to dannythetrainer.com, or go to alcavadlo.com. There's information out there. You could Google progressive calisthenics certification, Dragondoor. You get some more information. But it's just, it's, it's just really a, a crazy thing to be able to be doing this and still be able to be to be doing this. Like I, I mean, I got involved in the fitness business. I've been working out for, since I was a teenager, I'm turning 45 next month. Um, but I got involved in the working as a fitness professional and nothing else, not until 2006. So, uh, to be able to, to do what I've been doing, it's been over 10 years under 15. Um, but I think that's one of the things that helped me you talk about getting out of your comfort zone. One of the things that helped me come far in this career, I guess, it hasn't been that short, but it feels short to me. It's just I, I came into it older. You know, I remember yeah. when I started at a chain gym and I was like in my 30s and like the other rookie trainers were like 19. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, I've got more hands than these people have. I've right. been accountable for a lot more things than these people have. I've driven cross country 20 times. They haven't, you know, like just certain like grown up things that yeah. one has done that, that can help in any career. But yeah, man, it's 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 crazy, right? I mean, yeah. no, it this definitely is. thing is getting big. And I would <laughs> echo exactly what you said. If you ever get a chance, or if you've been on the fence, make it happen, man, because the PCC is legit and it's a lot of fun. Oh, very good. I'm glad to hear you. Yeah, it comes. It's better coming from you than from me. You know? <laughs> All right, so Danny, I got two questions. I always end the podcast with, so I'm I'm gonna hit you with this. Uh, they go in tandem, so I'm gonna say both, and you can pick which one you want to answer first. Uh, the first one is, if you could have any superpower, what? and then the second one is, what do you think your superpower is? Well, I'll, I'll answer in order. So if you could have any superpower, what would this superpower be? I mean, as the father of a 13-year-old, <laughs> this is a conversation stranger to. <laughs> um, but I always go back to the classics. It's going to be super strength or it's going to be flight. And I know there's a lot of cool powers out there. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know if like my kid is really anime, 
and like My Hero Academia and so Attack good. on Titan and some of these shows. Right. And some of these powers are like, like My Hero Academia, there's powers on that show that I just would not have thought of. Oh, I could take the trait of any animal I want if I, yeah, like, okay, that, like, whoa. So I'm going to go with strength of flight. I got to make an executive decision. I got to go with super strength. Yeah, nice. And then okay. what, would, what would you say your, your superpower is? I don't think I have any superpowers, but I will say this. I think, I, think, I think I'm pretty empathetic with people, and I think that a lot of empathetic people aren't aggressive enough, and I think I'm empathetic that I could sympathize with people and I could really try to put myself in their shoes, but I think I could also be empathetic in a way that I could say, okay, you got to step it up too. Right. And not to be a dick, but I feel like, like, like sometimes people need to be pushed. I'm not, I'm not a pusher. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm the first to say it. But care and empathy and love is something we need in this world. And coexisting with that, right. we, we need strength. And, and, you know, I feel like empathy and sympathy and love are good. And it's got to help make somebody in a place where they are more apt to navigate the things that they're feeling. So I don't have a superpower, but I'm a pretty good listener and a pretty good, I'll point out the irony again, Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I think you hit it on the head, man. Empathy is great, but I think with empathy, we need boundaries to, to realize how, how to structure empathy. Oh, yeah, we're at a point in the world where something bad happened to you. Oh, you're a victim forever. You, everything, you know, you never have to do anything. Uh. It's like, well, no. <laughs> it's right. like we, 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 can, we can take control of our own shit, too. Right. And I think that people in the fitness business, and I'm going to say mental health is the fitness business, yeah, too. It's I silly. definitely agree. Understand that, no, you, you can affect change. It's very... It's almost comforting to be like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I can't come out of this. I'm weak. I'm victimized. It's hard for me. And those things are true. You know, people are, things are hard for people. Right. And, and people are victims and shit fucking terrifying. But people can come out of things too. Right. And, and no one's doing themselves a service to, to only focus on the, the weaknesses without the, the strengths. And that's where the super strengths comes in. Yeah, I, I think the <laughs> onus really on, on that is making a decision like we talked about before to be like, okay, I didn't, I can't control what happened. It is sad, but guess what? I have a responsibility to move myself forward. And yeah. That, that's where the strength comes in. You do a responsibility. That's right. A duty, an obligation. It's, yeah. your, it's your job as a fucking citizen of this earth to, to, to move yourself forward. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. Well, again, coming on, man, it's great having you. Uh, any Bob, last words you want to throw to the listeners? You know, I just want to tell everybody who is listening, I appreciate your time for, for hanging out for an hour and, and listening to us talk about the world and, and, and working out and travel and everything. And if uh, anyone's interested in anything I have to say, uh, message me, reach out, dannythetrainer.com, or hit me on Facebook, Danny Cavallo, or hit me on Instagram, Danny Cavallo. I reply to everybody that reaches out to me, as long as it's not like a freaky thing. Um, <laughs> but if it's legit, I will reply, I will reply, I will reply. Pick up my book, Next Level Strength. It's my latest release, my brother Al Cavallo. And if you want to hear me delving more into the then pick up Strength Rules. I wrote it at a very strange time in my life. That's, pro that's probably my favorite <laughs> book by you. Thank you. Mine it too. It really is. 
I Thanks, mean, brother. That, that means a lot to me, straight from the heart, man. I mean, you killed me on, on the cover. I remember messaging like John Duquesne and, and, and Adam. The dividers on the words, those are parallel bars, right? And <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, they definitely are. How did you notice that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I cannot take credit for that. That was Derek Brigham, okay. Big D. That was he. He took that photo. And right, he took those dip bars. And he strength, because it's a pun, it strength rules. Right. It's a pun that I stole from Michael Pollan when he wrote the book Food Rules. And it was a bunch of rules about food, but also food rules. So I stole his pun and I made rules. So it's rules about strength, but also strength rules. And then Derek took it to another pun. He took those bars and made it like ruler lines. Right. So it's a three-time pun. Thanks my, to that. my dad humor heart to see it as. I was like, oh, I love puns. They're so good. Yeah, 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 you do. <laughs> All right, my friend. It was All right, great. Thanks a stuff. lot, man. Congrats on everything, especially the Idea World Convention, man. I, I was stoked oh, that you got that. Thanks, Congrats, man. Yeah, man. we'll you talk about that, that next time. That was experience. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.